0: War. War never changes. The Romans waged war to gather slaves and wealth. Spain built an empire from its lust for gold and territory. Hitler shaped a battered Germany into an economic superpower. But war never changes. In the 21st century war was still waged over the resources that could be acquired. Only this time, the spoils of war ...or also its weapons.
1: Welcome to a special emergency pod of Acts of the Blood God. This is the first time I think that we've ever done this. We are going to be reacting to the news that Bethesda has been acquired... By Microsoft just ahead of the Xbox Series X pre-orders, this has massive implications for the RPG space, including the fact that Xbox seems to own every legacy PC developer at this point. They really cornered the mark on, on it. We got a little bit of a roundtable happening with us. I have, as always, my lovely co-host Nadia Oxford. Uh, hello, cat. Uh, You'll have to make sure you insert some sort of clacks
0: on for this very special episode <laughs> we are podcasting today. The red alert I think is appropriate.
1: Boop, boop, boop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, that'll do quite fine.
1: And we also have Mike. Hi, Mike. Hello, hello. How's
2: everybody doing today?
1: And we have a newcomer to the party. It is GI.biz Reb Valentine. <laughs> <Yay>. Hi, everybody. <laughs> yeah, she has a lot of insight on the business side of it. Okay. So let's get right to it. My initial reaction, I tweeted this. Maybe two things are true about this. The first thing is that Bethesda is a huge get for Microsoft, um, and they've shown themselves to be a positive steward, I think, in general for Obsidian and Inexile and Double Fine. All the private conversations I've had with people associated with those various studios, they seem a lot happier. They seem much better paid. They seem to have a lot of creative space to be able to do what they want, and I think we're really seeing the positive impact on Obsidian, in particular, a company that was constantly teetering on the brink of disaster. The other thing, though, is that I am deeply suspicious, in general, of corporate consolidation. I think that the "quote unquote" arc of con- corporate consolidation bends toward cr- conservative, cr- market-driven decisions rather than creativity. Discuss.
3: I think you're absolutely right. Right, like the the consolidation is very alarming. I I do I am heartened somewhat by the fact that you, you know giant. Giant corporations with tons of money that own everything are are generally not great. Um, but of the ones that exist, Xbox seems to be one of the better ones. Uh, I the conversations that I have had have echoed um, the ones that you just described. Having um, lots of studios that I've spoken to have said you know things along the lines of yeah they they basically showed up. Uh, they gave us money. They gave us support. You know, we had to do a few things with like exclusivity or whatever for them. But mostly they leave us alone. Right. To kind of have our, our creative direction um, and our and our studio culture stay the same. Um, and that's something that I've heard over and over again. Now, granted, that could be because, you know, somebody in, in PR has a metaphorical gun to their head. But it, it seemed it seemed pretty genuine. Um, you, you, you we can only know what we hear. And I. I think this seems good, especially because I I love Bethesda. They, they've cranked out some real good stuff lately. You know, the Elder Scrolls is is absolutely fantastic. But I don't know. It, their stuff has kind of seemed a little bit, like, muted or quiet or delayed the last couple of years. I don't know. Just in general, that may be an incorrect uh, sort of impression of them. Um, but I, I don't know. This seems... This seems good. It's good for me because I was already committed to buying an Xbox Series S, so hey.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely makes uh, the decision to pre-order a little bit easier. Um, I largely agree with you, Kat, although I am extremely suspicious of any corporation that consolidates, like, everything under one umbrella. And the reason for that is because, yes, from who I've talked to, I've actually talked to Tim Schaefer and he said uh, Double Fine is doing, like, just a lot more organized under Microsoft, which, frankly, we're all creatives here. We all know what it's like to be scatterbrained. I am terrible at that sort of thing, not procrastinating, ask cat. She wants to kill me every day. Um, <laughs> but uh, I am very heartened to hear that the corporate, like the that they're being left alone to kind of develop what they will. And I think good proof of them doing that is through Rare, which when I interviewed David Wise earlier this year, uh, who was the former composer for Rare way back in the day. He said that he was really disappointed in the direction Rare went after they were bought by Microsoft, but lately they've been doing so much better. Like I think Sea of Thieves really helped turn them around. And they're a little bit more like that kind of happy, jolly, imaginative studio that they once were, but under a huge corporation like Microsoft, anything can change at any time that just completely crushes their spirits, and I don't want to say it like that, but yeah, there there's definitely benefits here, but there is a certain always a certain looming danger as well.
1: Well, I'm glad you brought up Rare, and Mike, we'll get to you in one second. Rare is an interesting cautionary tale because I think that Microsoft approached Rare with a, yeah, do, do what you want. Keep doing Rare things. But when you are taken over by a corporation, a certain culture starts to develop, I think. And it definitely changes things, even if the corporation is decidedly hands-on. And we saw that the Rare... Uh, studio leads left relatively early after the acquisition and as a result just things changed right mm-hmm. and it got decidedly worse and i would be worried about that happening with any of the acquisitions that happened at ea or at microsoft because as we've seen again and again and again at a certain point if all the talent leaves then it becomes just a name. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're just making conservative market-driven decisions and be like, yeah, remember Skyrim? Well, here's Skyrim 2, electric uh, Viking alone. <laughs> Wouldn't Skyrim 2 just be Elder Scrolls 6? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, well, no, no, it's going to be in a different world. Anyway, what are you going to say, uh, Mike?
2: So, I mean, par- part of this is we don't really know the entire fallout of each acquisition yet because a lot of these like wasteland 3 was already in development prior to the acquisition and we haven't really seen what's come out of these recent acquisitions uh once microsoft has picked them up so we don't know exactly how that's going to but i do think part of the change between when microsoft picked up rare and what rare gets to do now all pretty much falls on game pass which is that Microsoft no longer particularly needs for a game to justify itself, to, to sell on its own. It just needs more content and more for for Game Pass. And we sort of talked all, uh, about this on the uh, gamesindustry.biz podcast as well. Just the idea that Microsoft is sort of spending heavy to try to build this netflix of games that it has and it's doing the same play that netflix is which is throwing a whole lot of money out in order to get more content in order to get more subscribers and then sort of like figuring out how that's going to be profitable later
3: And mike i think you're absolutely right and i think that that exact thing is why i mean yeah we we won't know you know it it will be very difficult to put a pin on whether this was good or bad for Bethesda in the long run for a very long time, if at all. But um, I do think that this will probably be pretty good for IPs like the evil within or dishonored or Prey. these games that we know didn't just sell. They didn't sell like piles of copies. Right. But they were regarded as being these really good games. And I think this kind of thing, you know, coupled with X, eh. Xbox Game Pass um, will potentially allow those IPs to continue living on uh, because they don't necessarily have to, you know, meet meet these just ridiculously high milestones to keep going. I I know I know specifically there was like some worry around whether whether or not Dishonored would be able to continue. I think
1: my hope is just that Bethesda's games are more polished. Yeah, because... I was thinking of that too.
0: <laughs> no more giants hitting you with clubs and you go flying into the sky, but of course part of Skyrim is. Uh, uh, we hate to say it but it's part of its charm is this jank so what's gonna happen there are this i mean I'm, I'm guessing they're gonna have to finally get ripped away from the creation engine
1: i think from an rpg standpoint the one of the biggest questions is okay bethesda and obsidian are under the same roof now what does this mean for fallout uh
2: i will see the the thing is and i said on twitter a lot a lot of people like fallout new vegas too, not realizing that they announced the next Obsidian thing. It's Avowed, and Avowed definitely Mm. looked like 100% Obsidian saying, now we got Microsoft's backing, let's do our own Skyrim. And so Mm. to turn around and, like, imagine being Obsidian, like, yeah, we got all these resources, let's make our own Elder Scrolls competitor, and then for Microsoft to, like, tap them on the shoulder and be like, I mean, we own Bethesda now too, so. (laughs) (laughs) It has
3: to be
0: awkward, it has to be a fight. Because about yeah, so, actually be The one. Elder
1: Scrolls Six. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Surprise! Probably, really the not. Elder Scrolls six of avowed.
0: You're sharing an office now.
3: Did yeah. you all see Obsidian's tweet from earlier today about this? I did not. Uh, no. Someone tweeted it? at them, so Fallout New Vegas 2 is a legit possibility now, right? And they just tweeted the shrug emoji back. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're, they're That's aware. a good mood. <laughs>
1: just a shrug I mean, this emoji. opens the door theoretically for a collaboration between Obsidian and Bethesda one thing I do want to point out is that at least one of the major writers is really super on the uh, from Fallout New Vegas is super on the outs with the games industry in general these days mm. so even if we do get a fallout New Vegas it might be decidedly different
2: there's also the fact that uh, and someone pointed this out uh, earlier on Twitter that really the direction that Bethesda has taken fallout in, And the direction that Obsidian generally goes in are are two very divergent styles of games. Like Obsidian is very much into that uh, classic RPG choice and consequence style thing, whereas Bethesda is, for quite a while, been more almost sim-like in terms of the way that they Mm -hmm. present their fantasy and sci-fi. Like, Fallout... They like scope, right? yes, and, very much. And, and very mechanical and very just go do whatever. It's less about the story and more about here's the world. We're going to make the world feel believable. Whereas Obsidian is definitely far more on the here's the story, here's the characters, go engage with that. And and so mm-hmm. while, yes, I, I joked and, and talked about them being – under the same banner and sort of competing they're actually moving in two completely different directions
1: yes but superficially people really like big open world RPGs that they can go and explore and now they're all on Xbox <laughs> all of them
0: <laughs> yeah that is absolutely true so
2: what do we think about that The uh, they said that Deathloop and to- uh, Ghostwire Tokyo are going to stick with the uh timed ps5 exclusive nature and everything else afterwards is case by case do we really think that it's actually like that they're going to let uh elder scrolls 6 come to ps5
0: eventually i really think they will i mean look we just got Ori in the blind forest 2 on the switch which i'm still have to figure out or i still have to read about how that runs but uh microsoft uh they're quite open about sharing their ips uh I mean, in the end, it's all an advertisement for Game Pass, really.
3: Yeah, I, I agree. I I know, I know. believe that Phil Spencer or someone has said something about not liking timed exclusives, but I I don't think that's entirely true. I think they don't like saying that they're doing timed exclusives. What they like doing is they like announcing things for Xbox and PC and putting them in their ecosystem, and then like a year or two later going, oh, by the way, we're going to put it everywhere else so that everyone else gets a chance. But yeah, I, I, I think that if you want... These big, the, these big open world RPGs like Elder Scrolls and uh, Avowed and whatever else at launch, um, I think I think there's there's a strong case beginning to be made for the Xbox as the RPG machine, which I I don't know that I ever would have really said in the past, except for definitely know,
0: the like, Western the RPG scene, uh, definitely the Western RPG machine and the, and the Sony's the JRPG machine. Yeah, so, that's uh, fair. I can deal
1: with that. I mean, this goes back to the original Xbox, right, where they had Fable. They mm-hmm. had Morrowind. They had KOTOR. I mean, yeah, they created like they... BioWare,
2: essentially. The Xbox. Mm-hmm. with. The...
3: Alright, yeah. fair enough.
1: <laughs> they have a very strong RPG, Western RPG legacy, and I think that they probably correctly identified that Sony is always going to have a monopoly on the heavy hitters in Japan, like Square Enix and such. So, might as well go the other way and scoop up the legacy PC RPG developers. Now, I joke that all of the RP- Western RPGs are now Xbox exclusives and whatnot. I mean, this doesn't take into account the fact that two of the more popular latter-day uh, studios remain pretty independent. That's CD Projekt and Larian. Mm-hmm. So, I think the PS5 is going to be fine. You know, yeah, <laughs> even if, I'm not worried about it. Even if Starfield is a Xbox Series X exclusive, there's still plenty of more RPGs where that came. From. You're still you're dreaming about Starfield every single day, aren't you, Cat? Oh, I cannot wait to play it. I just hope that it's good and not extremely janky.
2: I mean, it'll probably be good and extremely janky. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's you you, that's you, the you Bethesda like Fallout touch. 4, which I, I've... Like, that, I That did. is the thing. Like, I am not necessarily on the Bethesda side of how they create games necessarily. I understand why they're popular, though. So Obsidian, for me, was, was very much the, like, oh, okay, that's a good get... But this is just like in terms of a megaton, like no one would have put Bethesda as a company up for acquisition. It just – No, absolutely no. not. It just didn't when seem I like When it.
0: I got that PR email, I was like, am I high? Like I just woke up, but am I high? I couldn't believe what I was reading. Yeah,
3: I got I got tipped off about it like five minutes before they actually announced it, and I, I got the tip and I looked at it. and I was, oh, No, this is bogus. <laughs> <laughs>
0: this is April. It's, it's April, right? This is
3: everyone telling me that Bungie's going to get acquired. No.
0: <laughs>
1: right. Seeing
2: Bungie getting acquired seems more believable than this. Exactly. But, uh, it's, yeah. it's 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 absurd and frankly the the price tag shows that microsoft like not a lot of people think about how big microsoft is but they have a lot of money to spend cuz they've thrown away
0: money on acquisitions before many
2: times
3: 7.5 billion mm. mike 7.5 that's million.
0: almost twice as much as disney paid for star wars apparently yeah wow
1: they basically have unlimited money yeah, yeah. especially because Microsoft's doing pretty well for itself between the cloud technology and everything. Uh, They've very quietly... re I I wouldn't say that they were exactly suffering hugely under the previous uh, Steve Ballmer, but they've made a lot of really smart bets Mm -hmm. over the past few years, I think. And they've kind of gone back to their roots a little bit in understanding that they're a service provider and not a hardware provider. Yes, definitely. And... The Xbox Game Pass is a complete outgrowth of that, right? They're like, yeah, yeah. I mean, the Xbox Series X, it's, we're, gonna, we're pricing it to sell so that people will have more Game Passes. Game Pass is the future. Subscription services are the future. Having a menu of highly desirable video games that you can pay a subscription for and be able to access instantaneously, that is a very compelling product. And Microsoft understands this clearly. That's why I've always just been like, yeah, they'll happily sell you an Xbox Series S for $299 and make Sony scramble frantically to cut the price on their Mm -hmm. own machine because they don't care about the machine anymore. It's all about the service. The
3: machine is just a delivery service for the things they already have. Like, yeah, sure, they don't care if you play these games on your PC or now on your phone as well. They don't care. You're in the ecosystem. But they recognize that there is a large enough... a, a a very large contingent of people who want that in a box that sits under their TV so they can play on their TV as well. And they're happy to continue offering that, you know, at at whatever prices make sense because, the point, as you say, the point is the subscription.
1: But more than that, I think that this just goes to show how big open-world RPGs are for. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, okay, Doom is a very popular IP. But let's be real. The reason that Bethesda went for $7.5 billion dollars is because the Elder Scrolls Six and Starfield are outrageously valuable Fallout. franchises already there. Yeah, Yeah, and Fallout. I mean, people want those huge open-world Sandbox RPGs. That is as next-gen as next-gen can possibly get. It's the same with why Cyberpunk is big, big money in 2020. Because, I don't know, it's just something about those games, the agency that they provide, that really just flick something in people's brains they want to play these games yeah and then there's also fomo there's
0: always fomo of course
3: yeah and they'll keep playing them too like yeah. uh, we we hear the, the the joke right is that you know skyrim is on every single platform now well there's a reason it's on every single platform it's because people are still playing it you know years and years later despite its jank Um, you know, despite whatever, how old old it is at this point, right? Like they they are going to continue playing that and people people are still playing Fallout games, you know, Fallout, maybe not 76, but Fallout 4 specifically, like people will still return to that. And so as these, this is a bet that's probably not going to visibly pay off for several years, just like all of their other acquisitions. But I think we are, with their new releases, going to start seeing those bets massively pay off here in a few years.
2: And that's Mm -hmm. that's what I was about to say, that a lot of these bets aren't, going to pay off so like like wasteland 3 is out so NXL is now working on its its next game obsidian is working on avowed now the the microsoft is thinking very long term and i think game pass combined with these studios working on a variety of different titles plus the relative cheapness of the xbox series s means like I, I feel like three years down the line we're going to see something very different from microsoft we're going to see these start to pay off whereas i think this holiday season the ps5 has the hype like people want the box of the ps5 whereas microsoft's is more of a long tail ideal i think yeah
1: that's what I've been saying pretty much from the start. As soon as PS5 announced its price, I was like, yeah, PS5 is going to be hitting with its last-gen uh, prestige franchises relatively early and getting plenty of hype, but call me in 2022, you know, Yeah. when Microsoft is a fully armed and operational battle station. It's going to be pretty crazy. <laughs> it's going to be the gaming death star, just beaming Game Pass into our heads, <laughs> little tiny stars. <laughs> that sounds terrible. <laughs> I, Okay, when I look at the RPG studio offerings that Microsoft now has. Okay, so they have Obsidian, they've got Playground Games working on Fable, they've got In Exile, and they've got Bethesda. Am I missing any? That's like four right there. What when I look at all of these, the one that I wonder the most about, the where they fit in, is In Exile, because maybe In Exile just caters to the Uber hardcore market and maybe they do this thing successfully and they keep working with relatively low overhead and they give a little Microsoft a little bit of prestige and some extra content for their game pass but at the same time i think uh, with all due respect to the people over at in exile maybe they are the lowest profile of the studios on there they don't have as much of a defined niche it doesn't feel like and also larian is eating their lunch <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. The fact that Larian is right there doing the same thing and, and of course, just netted Baldur's Gate um, is sort of taking away from there. But I, I think probably the benefit for an Exile is they're relatively cheap, probably, mm-hmm. compared to a lot of, like... I, I feel like Obsidian, probably with Avowed, is going to spend much more... Than in exile would spend on the Bard's Tale 5 or Wasteland 4 or whatever uh, title that they're going to make. Like, they, they just feel like a, a cheaper developer, uh, a, a definite B tier, uh, I guess you would call them, studio, even though they have like hundreds of employees. I, I don't know exactly how big their studio is.
1: Well, presumably they would get the budget from Xbox. And just thinking about where they've gone in the past, maybe their ultimate goal would be to make the equivalent of Divinity Original Sin 2 and just compete directly with Larian, where you almost have to, where you almost go, okay, their competition is this kind of niche hardcore studio, whereas Obsidian and Bethesda and Playground are all taking bites at the mainstream market. Um, actually, when it comes when it comes to come to think of it, thinking about how much time these RPGs take to make, right? Like, I bet at the end of the day, the Elder Scrolls Six will have been under development for like eight years mm-hmm. or something crazy yeah. like that. When it finally comes out, it doesn't take it takes a long time to make these games. I wonder if Microsoft is going. If we get enough of these, we can have a mega RPG coming out every single year from a different studio, almost like Call of Duty.
3: That would not be a stupid I, idea at all.
1: Yeah, that makes some sense.
2: Yeah. And, and even like you, you uh, when we were talking in exile, in exile went from Torment Tides of Numenera in 2017 to Wasteland 3 being done and released in 2020. So that's three years. That's relatively quick. So I, I I also think that's probably where In Exile sort of fits in. Like we can deliver you this game in three years, whereas everybody else is working on you know five and six year timetables. Uh, so we'll we'll fill in the gaps. They're gap fillers, which is a good place to be probably.
3: We've also seen them. I I think one of the things that's very interesting about this is that we've seen them at uh, the. Microsoft has acquired a smattering, well, a large smattering of studios, but it's it's very much kind of across the board. Like we have kind of these these smaller, you know, fa- faster development time, smaller games um, from things like In Exile, um, and then we have you know kind of these bigger studios like Obsidian, um, Double Fine, like slightly better known names, things like that. And now now we have ZeniMax and, and Bethesda, and the. The thing that sticks out to me about this is that bethesda was a big enough publisher that it was showing up at e3 with its own showcase every year right like Mm -hmm. like my my mental classification of these things are okay we've got nintendo sony and microsoft we've got the three hardware people and then we've got the handful of giant publishers that are going to show up to e3 every year so bethesda is in the same class of publishers as ubisoft ea um that's that's probably that's probably oh maybe square enix depending on the year right so it, it, it's it's bizarre to see ZeniMax and Bethesda get snapped up like this because that sort of leaves open. There's like now this this smaller collection of these, I guess, like AAA publishers, right? Like they, they've been shrunk by one. So it, it makes me wonder if there's there's going to be discussion or consideration in the future, um, trying to further consolidate that market, right, of those AAA publishers. I think probably not. I think it's very unlikely that like EA or Ubisoft is going to get acquired anytime soon. But it does. I, I didn't think it was likely that Bethesda was going to get acquired. So,
2: <laughs> and and also this sort of raises the bar. If they're willing to pay uh, seven point five billion or seven point eight billion for Zenimax, uh, and Phil Spencer has been on record saying that they want to pick up a Japanese studio. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it, the the floodgates, in terms of speculation, are relatively open, because, oh, they're going to pay, they got the money to throw away, or, well, to spend on ZeniMax. Obviously, they could pick up something like a Capcom. Nintendo.
0: <laughs> Nintendo. Back, I mean, back in the 2000s, everyone was talking about how Apple was going to buy Nintendo, and Nintendo was so dead. Those are the
1: rumors that Microsoft basically made a godfather offer to Nintendo back in the 2000s. And they were like... Uh, no. <laughs> they refused the offer that they couldn't refuse. But thank God, honestly. Oh, yeah. Truly. Sorry,
2: uh, someone like like Capcom is a pretty easy one. Sega is one, I think, that dovetails with their... Mm-hmm. Especially considering that Sega has not only the Japanese studios, but also the European side with like Creative Assembly and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Which definitely fits into what microsoft is sort of building like being God, able that to would be games. atlas going
0: over right but like they, yeah. they get
2: not only the total war and uh amplitude studios games but they also get yakuza and sonic and oh. yeah see it's and, still and, my heart and, and now that they've spent 7.8 billion dollars like it was nothing you're kind of like oh well like now perceptually the door is open like Anything could happen now.
1: Man, this conversation makes me so uncomfortable because I did not like when Disney was buying absolutely everything in the entertainment industry. I don't like corporate consolidation, if anything. I believe in Teddy Roosevelt bust up all the trusts, you know, and I just don't like hearing that Microsoft has basically decided that they're going to buy the games industry. It's like Microsoft's shrugging and going, well, we have all the money in the world. We have seven point five billion dollars in the couch. Let's go buy Bethesda.
3: No, and I and I'm <laughs> with exactly you. That's exactly how it went down. I, I'm with you. I think I'm. I, I feel. I feel two different ways about it. Right? Like I looking looking at the studios they've acquired i mean none of them none of them were you know su- visibly suffering studios at least not as far as i'm aware right like they were all studios that were coming out with you know good games but looking at this industry i mean st- stuff collapses every dang day right like like every mm-hmm. every, every day you hear about another studio closing because it didn't have funding or a game you know a game that they projected would sell you know 2 million copies only sold 1 million and oh, oh god that was it that's
1: the end of the studio because we sold 1 million of something well i mean obsidian Came close to complete ruin because of how the South Park oh, game did. Yeah. It.
3: Okay. So fair enough. I mean, there may have been some shaking in there, but I, yeah. I don't know. I look at it and I wonder. Okay. Does does Xbox acquiring them, you know, with all with all its big Microsoft money, does that mean that studios that may not have lasted a long time might otherwise live for you know many many years and make lots and lots of wonderful games? But then on the other hand, you know, you look at, I don't know, a good example of this might be EA, which likes to shut down a studio every year, like a tradition. Microsoft doesn't really have a tradition of that, but yeah, it's, it's hard. I, I don't like the idea of consolidation, but there, there's a tiny, I guess, weak part of me that says, well, maybe, maybe this means they live longer and they live better and they have more funding to be adventurous and be creative and be weird and do things that we wouldn't have expected that they might not have otherwise gotten to do. I don't know. I mean, I can't, I can't see that deep behind the scenes to know which of those it is
1: if either. I think the problem gets to be that you have this mega corporate consolidation, right? And maybe a company like Double Fine and Obsidian gets to live better under the corporate umbrella that is Microsoft. But when it comes time for a new company to try and start up and take on the games industry, they're just going to get choked out because Microsoft owns the market. Yeah. yeah.
2: I don't think we're going that far yet. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it,
1: even like now because i
2: microsoft is firmly firmly in third place like it's not even a contest at this moment they have acquired a lot of things but they can't make some of the moves that say sony is going to make because they need to bring people into the platform so right now sony and nintendo are very very strong And Microsoft is making a lot of these moves because it's coming from behind while still having the resources. So I I, like I feel we're a little premature, like I can see the fear, but we are like way far away from Microsoft controls the gaming industry.
1: Yeah, but I, I think that I mean, buying Bethesda though, I mean, that is such a ridiculously huge move. They bought one of the power publishers. Yeah. yeah. This isn't buying in Exile. This isn't buying even Obsidian. They bought one <laughs> of the absolute biggest publishers out there. Yes. The equ- this is the equivalent to buying EA. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't, it's it's up there.
3: I don't I I don't you're right, Mike. I don't think we're, you know, like two steps away from Microsoft owning the entire game industry. But I do think we're, you know, not a whole lot of steps away from three or four companies owning the games industry right like Correct. i the the massive the gap between Indie development and publishing and AAA development and publishing just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And there, there were a couple of years there where I think people genuinely thought, oh, this this weird nebulous thing we can't really name called double A is coming up, right? And there's going to be sort of this middle ground, and people are you know working on making that. But I feel like every single time a company comes up and they're like, all right, we, we have the funding, we have the resources, we're going to do it. We're going to sit you know firmly in the middle here. We're not going to you know join on with any of the big companies, but we're going to be making you know bigger budget games in indie studios. They get snapped up within a few years. So I, I do worry about that gap, just, just the gulf widening and widening and widening until there, there are basically only two kinds of games.
2: I, I would, accept that we just ended up having Fall Guys sell like a couple million copies or a million or however many. And Larian basically came out of note. Like, I get it. But I don't mm-hmm. think that's actually the world that we like live in right now. I think what's happening in gaming is the same that's happening in film and television, which is what's actually going away is sort of this weird middle band of developers, studios, content. Like, those, you either go big or you go indie and end up getting popular. Uh, Like, Fortnite was nothing, and then it was something and even coming from Epic, Epic as a developer wasn't, like, amazing. And Among Us, Fall Guys, Larian, there's so many come-up stories over the past couple years that I, I, like, just the fear that Microsoft is somehow going to swallow. Like, I mean, they got the money to do it. I don't think they actually are, and I don't think they really have the momentum right now to make that a, a fear. Like, if Sony... Current Sony right now had Microsoft's money, then I, yeah, I I, I'd be much more worried. But Microsoft is coming from behind here, and I and I don't really see that changing, even with the addition of Game Pass and some of these larger studios. Like, Zenimax is big, but it's also like equity-wise, like half of EA I think, and I think Ubisoft is bigger than EA. It's hard to tell, but it you know it's one of the powers. But it was also one of the smaller powers like on the end there because outside of the games Bethesda made, like Machine Games did pretty well. Evil Within did okay. Like like none of these games like Deathloop are going to set the world on fire. It was pretty much Fallout, Elder Scrolls, and then a whole bunch of other stuff that they were trying that didn't completely work out. They sold okay.
1: They also acquired the company that makes one of the top 20 best-selling games of all time in Skyrim. So, I mean...
0: Uh, I was just going to say, I also see where Mike is coming from, because even if we do have a future where Microsoft gobbles up everything and everyone, we're still always going to have those breakout indie games that really light the community on fire. Like, there's always going to be an Undertale. There's always going to be a Disco Elysium. uh, There's always going to be a Fall Guys. Like, there's always going to be something creative and cool coming out of the cracks and... I guess it's like just something to keep in mind if you're afraid of Microsoft turning to Godzilla.
1: This is what I would say. Microsoft is making large bets on the future that something like Game Pass is basically going to become the de facto way that we consume games. And if that's the case, then Microsoft will own it. And Microsoft will effectively have the monopoly on how games are distributed because Game Pass will have such a large head start over everybody that they will become the gatekeepers of who becomes big. I and who would doesn't. agree
2: with that, except again, you look at Netflix, Netflix is big, but then Disney Plus launches.
1: But imagine if Netflix had unlimited amounts of money behind them and they went out and bought basically every major, they went out and bought WB. Yeah they went out and bought all of the companies that are currently competing against them before they even had a chance to become competitors. Yeah. And
3: also in this hypothetical, there was no, there wasn't really a Hulu or a, a Disney plus or uh, it, they, they like Netflix was basically one of the only subscription services.
2: Right. But that's what I'm saying. Like there was just Netflix and now we are adding HBO max. Now we are adding Disney plus and those are still successful. I Like, yes, we can add sort of hypotheticals to it. I just don't necessarily see Game Pass being it. I believe it's going to be big if and when that becomes a thing. uh, And I do think that we are trending in that direction. I just don't think it's going to be the, the, the one monolith that we all kneel down to. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I, I just, I just soft. want you all
3: to know that at the time that we are recording this, I, I just, you know, glanced at Twitter out of the corner of my eye. Gaming trending, Konami. Some gamers want Sony to acquire Konami, the video game company behind the Metal Gear
1: series. Oh boy, Did they know? did they know that Konami has like gyms and pachinko parlors and such, and isn't just a game Konami's developer? Konami's
3: really into gambling right now. Like they are super into yeah. into like casino stuff right now, and not so much into video games.
1: They're okay where they are, or so they say. It was weird. It's weird going to Japan and seeing people wearing Konami athletic wear. Oh my <laughs> gosh, <laughs> you know, and that kind of thing. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and, and like, I, I think also we we have to think about, like, Apple will do a subscription service, like streaming games well they only did
3: one subscription service right, and, and it's apparently not working out great for
2: them but but they have but they have money to to throw more at apple arcade and keep that alive and keep it growing and, and they seem to be growing it and I, I think that the end game there for apple and probably why that they uh pushed stadia and uh xbox game pass away is because they want to have that space of streaming to themselves. So I think Google, Apple, and Amazon are probably the ones that are thinking of some way to get into the space. Uh, and so that, that's probably more what Microsoft is planning to compete with, and we don't know where that's going
3: would also, and Kat, Kat can disagree with me if I'm mischaracterizing her, but I I don't think that, that she or, or I or anyone is suggesting that Microsoft is just going to own the entire games industry someday by itself. Like, I, I don't think that's, that's mm-hmm. the suggestion here. I, I think it's right to look at this move and say, this could be cool. Also, it's maybe a little concerning that, you know, we're, we're yep. seeing more and more. Smaller smaller companies snapped up by big companies and absorbed into them. Um, we've seen this happen in other spaces as well, um, other entertainment spaces. And so it's just it's maybe a thing to look at and go, hey, maybe be careful. Um, maybe maybe this isn't you know the ideal situation. Oh yeah, no, it's definitely something yeah, to be worried
2: about uh, in terms of yeah. creativity and and where things are going and sort of having different options for entertainment. I just think it's not particularly.
1: Worrisome, yeah, yeah. All right, let's bring the focus back to RPGs <laughs> and wrap this. up You didn't like oh, yeah. to
3: biz people.
1: <laughs> yes, no, that's fine. Like, I think that it's worth having a conversation about uh, the larger effects of this on games in general. But I think that since this is an RPG no, podcast, course. it's only appropriate that we finish by as- asking the question: Is this a net positive? For RPGs? Is it a net negative or is it somewhere in between? Um, I'm kind of inclined to be like, well, I think that ultimately there will still be a lot more RPGs where that came from. And I think it mostly speaks to the power and the impact that role playing games have in this industry. Uh, 10 years ago, a lot of people would have said that role playing games were uh, maybe suffering quite a bit, especially uh, ones from Japan. And now, in a way, role-playing games are kind of kingmakers because a game like Bethesda, which has the biggest RPGs, just went for $7.5 billion. Um, In the meantime, I think that there will still be plenty of RPGs where that came from across many different platforms, on PS5, on Nintendo Switch, on PC, on Xbox. So I'm not too worried about that. I'm genuinely curious to see what this ultimately ends up meaning for uh, Obsidian and Playground Games and Bethesda and all that. I'm sticking to my assertion that Microsoft is effectively trying to build what would be like the Ubisoft or the or the Call of Duty ecosystem, where they have multiple studios cranking away at their own RPGs, and they have something big to release every single year on Game Pass, a mega RPG that people are going to be able to sink their teeth into, and that's. Quite the advantage for Microsoft. So, final thoughts from you guys. Why don't we start with Reb?
3: I think it's a it's a net neutral to maybe a net positive uh for RPGs, right? Like, I I, I think you're right, Kat. Like like RPGs benefit from this in 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 the sense that this definitely shows how valuable they are, right? Um, because the, those RPGs are like kind of the major games that Bethesda has to offer, and those are the things that. Uh, Xbox was spending money on here. Um, I know that there are some big... uh, At least looking at Twitter, I mean, that's not representative of everybody, obviously, but I I know there's some worries that, you know, oh, this means that they're all going to be Xbox exclusive and all the PS5 people are going to get shut out. It's going to be fine. I really, really do think it's going to be fine. I think... I think they'll make it to P. You know these 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 mysterious future RPGs that we we have not yet seen yet and don't know exist or like Elder Scrolls Six or whatever. I think they'll make it there eventually, and in the meantime, they'll be on PC. They'll be on Xbox. I think it'll be okay. I, I don't think there's suddenly going to be this huge audience that is going to be shut out of these franchises that they've loved and followed for years. Uh, I do think it's a it's a huge positive for Xbox. I think um, going back to our discussion earlier about you know how it's it's bringing you know kind of all of these Western RPGs together in one spot. you know if you're an RPG person, like now is a good time to or you know maybe not now because they're not going to be here there at launch, but you know in the next couple of years, it's a good time to look at the platforms that Xbox is on. Um, so good for Xbox, hopefully good for everybody. If more money is going to more RPGs, I'm here for it.
2: Uh, I mean, to, to go off Reb's point, look, if, if they're going to become Xbox exclusives, fine. Look, sometimes you got exclusives, y'all, that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, right now we got Spider-Man and I'm looking forward to it on PS4 and PS5, Spider-Man Miles Morales. You're not getting that on Xbox. Sometimes that's just the way the cookie crumbles. But I I think Microsoft is building something interesting here. If they want to really make it work, what they need to start doing is letting these studios talk to each other uh, and building sort of a base of knowledge that is shared across all of Xbox Game Studios. Uh, So I'm interested to see where all this is going Uh, in the short term. I'm just happy to uh, see a bunch of these Bethesda games come over to Xbox Game Pass where I think a lot more people will be able to play them. There are games like Prey that I think a lot of people missed out on that were really great. And putting them on Game Pass is a win-win, I think, for studios like Arcade.
1: Nadia, take us home.
0: Well, all the, the smarter people have said more and better words than I have, <laughs> but um, I am definitely an in-the-middle person. I in the, in the kind of short long-term versus the long, long-term, I'm thinking it's a pretty good thing because – I think of Bethesda, and I think of games that kind of have problems with development, games that are janky as heck, and even though that is part of their charm, it's just not as charming as it used to be. So I do look forward to the idea of playing an Elder Scrolls six where you don't fly up into the sky every time an enemy hits you. I think that's really compelling. Um, I'm, I am a little worried about co- consolidation. I don't like huge, enormous companies, the same as Cat, Uh, I don't think we're better off for having Disney owning everything in in the media. We're just really not. But uh, as Mike said, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And as long as Nintendo and Sony are out there still putting out must-have games, which of course they will, especially Nintendo, uh, I will just kind of keep an eye on things. And as a very small, insignificant person amongst literal giants, that's all I can do.
1: All right, folks. That is our emergency reaction pass to the news that Bethesda had been acquired from Xbox. A lot of food for thought as we head into the next generation. I think that in five years, we'll look back and go, man, video games have changed a lot. And RPGs have definitely been at the center of that. I wish that we could have been like, oh, Hark, oh, an emergency podcast approaches or something. Like that. So. <laughs> Command? I want to say warning a huge a huge reaction podcast is approaching fast but that's from a shoot 'em up not an RPG but anyway thank you to Mike and Nadia and Reb for coming on the show we will be back next Monday as always for our regular time slot and god i'm setting a precedent now we're doing We got to do emergency reaction pods for every single thing the
0: last time we had something like this is when the the suikoden successor was announced while we were doing a podcast but but that the- happened
1: while podcast <laughs> yeah that was pretty great that
0: was very very convenient so thank you for uh you and chronicles for that that was very nice of you
1: well yeah we had breaking news in the middle of the recording all right see you next monday until then happy adventures